world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Medical kidnapping and death by hospice. Dirty little secrets nobody's willing to talk about. Until now. Radio talk show personality and activist Marty Oakley is here to shine a light on these two very real and diabolical practices. Parents are hard to raise is now available on Spotify and its 180 million monthly subscribers. Welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. Medical kidnapping and death by hospice aren't phrases the average person is likely to use in everyday conversation. But for my next guest, these phrases are not only commonplace, they represent a clear and present danger to each of us. Each and every time, we have even a chance encounter with the medical system. Marty Oakley is a popular radio personality, medical activist, and advocate for the elderly, veterans, and those medically kidnapped for profit. She recently served as panel moderator on guardianship abuses by for-profit predatory guardians and attorneys at the annual Whistleblowers Summit in Washington, D.C. Marty Oakley, welcome to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Well, thank you. Glad to be here. We're so glad you're here. And these topics are they're they're incomprehensible. I mean, you can't even believe it. Could you tell us what is medical kidnapping? What happens? I'm going to use an as an example uh, a case that took place in Virginia with the Nova Fairfax Hospitals, and it was a young woman, well, a middle aged lady who she had been in the military, was a police officer at that time, had taken two Tylenol one day, and I don't know if you know, but acetaminophen is deadly. It can kill your liver in a heartbeat. I never touched this stuff. But anyway, she had taken two Tylenol for a bad headache, and by that evening was on the floor virtually in convulsion. Her sister gets her to the hospital, and they gave her Vicodin, which is 50% acetaminophen, and caused permanent damage. What happened to this woman over the next year was unspeakable. Uh, she did come down with pneumonia, was in Onovia Hospital, and Medicare will only pay eight days. On the end of the eighth day, they wanted to discharge her. Her sister said no. Right. So, because she had a large 12-inch long blood clot in her arm hmm, uh, from where they had tried to install a pick line. And she said, you can't discharge her right. with that blood clot. They guardianized her. The hospital's attorney guardianized her, and they discharged her anyway, put her in a nursing home. And then for the next year, they bounced her back and forth as Medicare time wrapped out. <clears throat> they would bounce her back to the hospital, back and back to another nursing home. Right. During this time, she had her hip broken. It was never fixed. Her 
ankle broken. It was oh never God. fixed. They, the things that happened to this woman were so grotesque, and it's all documented. And this is ki- medical kidnap. This is when people ask for a second opinion, and suddenly the person that they've asked for the opinion for is guardianized, and now, now they can't see them anymore. Now, what do you mean by guardianized? You know, what happened? Well, they found it. <laughs> you become a ward of the state, which means you suffer a statutory civil death, and it's equal, uh, equal in its legal consequences to a natural death. You have no rights. You can't speak. You don't exist any longer except as chattel property, movable property and goods. And from that point on, um, what happens to you is of no consequence to anyone because until your estate is robbed, totally blind, they will never let go of you. Uh, The person who gets guardianship, these predators, actually present themselves as you. This is the ultimate in identity theft. Uh, go ahead. Yo, what, what, what was, how does that happen? I'm... Well, this was a carefully constructed system. It's been running about somewhere between 25 and 30 years. Um, do you remember? I don't know how old you are, uh, Diane. Uh, but and I I'm not telling when... you. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, girl, I'm 35 and I don't give a damn what anybody says. But anyway, <laughs> uh, somebody in here is 35. But anyway, uh, about 25 years ago across the states, what they had done was they came out and said, oh, the state courts were just bogged down so bad. And so they were going to separate out family issues and make this whole tertiary system of courts. Um, and it was just a way to, to unburden the state courts, what it actually was. I got in a terrible fight with the state judge over this down in the Twin Cities, and I said, he said to me, you don't understand, Marty. If we hadn't have done this, we would have had to fire, hired more courtrooms and judges. The cost would have been exorbitant. And I said, isn't that exactly what you did? Yeah. Only you created a new system ruled by statute, code, and regulation, not the law. So you go into one of these, these are actually tribunals, and if you look at Minnesota Bar Association writings here, they refer to them as such. They are tribunals. Okay. And so they do not follow the Constitution. They do not honor your rights. We've had many cases where judges have screamed at people, if you mention the Constitution one more time, I'll put you in jail for contempt. Oh, my gosh. You don't have any rights in this courtroom. The law is what I say it is. They don't have to have any background in law because they are not dealing with law. They only have to be able to read statute and code and regulation. Right. And um, so, but you are immediately disempowered. And Diane, I think one of the most terrible things that happens to families in the face of this is when they go into these tribunals thinking they're walking into a court of law. They are not. Right. And they are hit with this wall of corruption where the so-called judge, who is actually only a ministerial clerk or a hearing examiner, is colluding with the attorney and the predator guardian who's levying charges against the victim, and the attorney you may have hired or was appointed. And within minutes, people realize it was all decided before they ever walked in there. Oh, my gosh. Everything was done. And um, they grant these predators can stand up... And because these are tribunals, they're not required to follow the um, rules of evidence, as they would in a court of law, the Code of Civil Procedure. They're not required to do any of that. So 
they'll stand up and levy all these terrible charges. Oh, we found them living in filth and squalor, covered in feces. They were starved. They were dehydrated. They were beating them. They never have to show any proof. They're never asked for any proof, no evidence. And the hearing examiner will not allow any evidence to be produced, put on his desk, read into the record, that would refute what those predators are saying. It's all a done deal. Yeah. Now, the woman we were talking about earlier, she had a sister. So yes. why, how... How can they just say, okay, we're, you know, the hospital attorney say we're appointing a guardian for her? I mean... Well, see, the the hospital attorney is the guardian for her, or was. She has passed away. And uh, her sister fought a tremendous battle for her, um, trying to save her life and get help for her. And they... Uh, absolutely ran the family ragged, just absolutely ran them ragged. But this, it, it is such a corrupt system, Diane. Yeah, I mean, it's hard it to is. imagine. <laughs> yes, it's human trafficking. This is trafficking. Yeah. Just because it's done under the auspices of a tribunal does not make it any less so. And in every year they estimate somewhere between 5 and $10 billion, that's with a B, is stolen from elderly individuals in this country under this guardianship system. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, <coughs> excuse me, I have a slight cold, I'm sorry. No, that's but, okay. Uh, that it is, I've said, and I said at the summit, it is the biggest transfer of wealth going on in this country, and nobody talks about it. No, you don't hear about these things. No, no. And, um, and the other thing, uh, you know, and this can happen to anyone. I mean, we have children. Right. Who, their parents wanted to seek a second opinion based on the projected care they were going to get. And they guardianized the kids. It's right. medical kidnapping. And then now the parents can't even see their own child. Oh, my God. And can't know what's going on with them. And these kids always somehow happen to die. Oh, my God. And about 80% of them are black or Hispanic. We're going to continue talking to Marty Oakley. But if you're a woman, or there's a woman in your life, there's something you absolutely need to know. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless-looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you, in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. 
Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. You're listening to Parents Are Hard To Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on demand using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can listen on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. I want to give a big shout out to Greg from Edmonton, Canada, who listens to our show on his smartphone with Apple Podcasts, and he showed his cousin how to do it. And also Luisa from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, who listens on Spotify, and she showed her neighbor how to listen as well. A big shout out, because remember, there's so many new ways to listen to our show. I can't even keep track of them, but you have Roku, Spotify, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Apple TV, DirecTV. Alexa can play the show for you. So if you're listening one of these new ways, please help someone else learn about the show and tell them how to listen. So Marty, um, we also um, want you to talk about death by hospice. What? What does that mean? <laughs> okay, um, this t- hospice is, uh, and they're operating on their former branding of Good Samaritan, which was quite accurate. They were a wonderful, wonderful organization. If right. you had someone terminally ill um, that needed, it, it, they served a purpose of keeping people company. Yes, um, yeah. helping with minor things, you know, and they would also give the family a break. Right, and uh, I know when my brother was terminal in 2001 he was dying from agent orange in vietnam oh i'm sorry Uh, they were absolutely invaluable to us um under the affordable care act hospice got an 11 and a half billion dollar infusion of cash to go from good samaritan to basically the grim reaper and now your doctor simply has to say that you're terminally ill and by the way we have rescued four people from hospice who were put into it under being termed terminally ill with six months or less to live the disease they claimed they had the doctor claimed they had they didn't have oh my gosh and but he had begun treatment for them anyway and put them in hospice now what happens under those circumstances when you're terminal medicare will pay up to six months right terminal care you go in there the first thing they do is pull food and hydration and they begin drugging you with psychotropic drugs. In three to four days, you're unresponsive. Your tongue is swollen and hard from lack of hydration. Um, you, you can't, people can't get any kind of a response out of you at all. Right. By about the fifth or sixth day, the doctor will say it's uh, called futility of care. And once that pronouncement is made, they no longer will provide any medical services, and the drugging begins in earnest. And this is to keep you quiet while you slowly die. Mm. And then what happens is that whenever they decide it's time, the closer comes in. 
and that's how they refer to these people, and gives what we call the kill shot. And that is 50% morphine cut with 50% Seroquel or Haldol or Zyprexa or one of these horrendous drugs, and within 15 minutes to an hour, it's all over. Mm. Now, preceding this, if the family objects and says, what's wrong with you? You don't want them to suffer, do you? You don't want to put them. They've had a long life. They need to go. Now, when the family's not around, what they're saying to the victim is, you need to let go. You've had a long life. Don't put your family through this. Don't make them suffer like that. Oh, my gosh. And it's. I went to an orientation about six, seven years ago on this. And I finally got up, and I just basically wanted to know what was going on. Right. had no intentions of going to work for them. And I finally got up and told the registered nurse who was heading this meeting, I said, why don't you just get a gun and put a cap in their head? I said, it'd be more humane than torturing them like this. And me and about six other people left. Um, it, it It is one of the sickest things, but it's a culling, Diane. They are getting rid of the elderly, of the disabled, oh the chronically gosh. ill. Yeah. Um, and you can't look at the figures and not realize that there is a plan in action. Right. Health and Human Services, 2010, they published in 2011 the statistics. 2.3 million people on Medicare died. <sighs> Nobody said a word, and 80% of them were in hospice. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, un, it's unimaginable, really. Yes. But... I could see, you know, I had a family member recently and you kind of, you know, they, you can, you can see where they're saying, well, we want to calm, calm the person down. And so then they're saying, well, they can't, they're not eating, they're not drinking, but they're, they're stoned. You know, I mean, they're, 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 you, you hit it right there, Diane. They drug them up, take a tray and set it in their room. They know damn well these people can't raise their hand. They've drugged them so bad they can't. They come back and, oh, you don't want to eat, huh? And walk out with the tray. And they won't feed them. They will not feed them. And uh, it, it is one of the cruelest systems I've ever seen put in place. And by the way, it was the, um, uh, what do I want to call the test run of this was the pathway system in England. Okay. And Okay. And the pathway system is hospice today in the United States. And the first year it was out, they killed 13,000 people. And then the doctor just came out here at the end of 2017 and said, this year we killed 33,000 people in the pathway system. And they're doing this globally through my own show. I've heard from people and from the summit, um, heard from people all over the globe. And I get the same thing, Marty. They're doing the same thing here. They're doing the same thing here. You know, yeah. uh, this is, it's, a, it's a culling. It truly is. I was going to say, yeah, we're weeding out certain groups. Yes. Uh, we are a waste population. We we no longer produce right um, right if you know you're so we are considered a waste population and disposable, sure. and we are considered a drag on the economy, and uh, so you know, let's just get rid of them, and um, and then you have to look at too the federal government owes Social Security three point seven right. trillion dollars. I was going to say yeah, Social Security yeah yeah, yeah. and um, they have no way to pay it back and never intended to. And they keep taking more money out of Social Security. And um, so it just, uh, you know, it's a matter of economics as far as the government's concerned. They get rid of us. Yeah. Just get rid of us. We do the same thing to veterans, you know. We do the same thing to them. 
veterans? I mean, we, we do the same yes. thing? Yes. Uh, you really believe 22 veterans a day are committing suicide? They're being drugged to death. They're given Seroquel, Haldol, oh Zyprexa gosh. in elephant doses, 400 milligrams, and told to take it before they go to bed. It says in every one of the circulars for those medications, each yeah. and every one, do not take within four hours of bedtime because it can stop your heart. And they tell them to take two and three of these medications at bedtime so they can rest. And they sure as hell do. They don't wake up the next morning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, How, how do we protect our parents from these, you know, from, from these things, from... Well, I'm going to tell you, you can go to an estate planner, but you're getting defrauded. Um, they either are not the experts in the elder law they claim to be, or they are knowingly selling you a document that they know can be discarded at will by any hearing examiner as if it never existed. All that estate planning and everything else can be discarded and is routinely discarded by a hearing examiner in these probate tribunals saying, well, you're incapacitated. If you were incapacitated today, you must have been five years ago, 10 years ago, or a year ago when you, you know, took out these estate plans. Right. And they hand all of those rights, the property, everything over to that predator guardian. And then between them and the attorneys, they start carving up the estate. But it isn't just used to, when I was first in this, Diane, it was just the people with estates that they were after. They had some wealth. Right. But now see Medicare, and they've tied Medicaid to Medicare. Um, so now you can, regardless of your income, you can get a, a, a Medicare policy that has Medicaid attached to it. Okay. And that means that when you die, the state, meaning the insurance company, right. who's con doing business for the state, can come and attach your property, even if there's a surviving spouse, even if there's joint tenancy or a co-owned property. They can attach that and take what they claim they paid out for you for medical care before anybody gets anything. Um, it is, I, I'm telling you, it, it's I'm scary. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, it is. And um, how can you protect yourself? I've been working on that for 10 years. And so have many other people right. trying to get this system stopped, trying to get it slowed down, trying to get it changed to where it's back under the law. I think, Diane, if you're going to steal someone's identity to them and declare them legally dead, you know, in the statute, uh, you ought to do that in front of a jury. Produce your evidence. Right. You know, that this person should be deprived of life, liberty, and their identity, along with their property. Uh, do that in front of a jury and let a jury decide. But this is exactly why you're in a probate tribunal. They don't allow juries. Right. You know, there's just that hearing examiner up there, and he's working with the same people who came against you. And and this is uh, with medical kidnapping. I, I, it, it's used for profit for... Yes. <clears throat> yes. Everything you do, uh, it's like when you go in the hospital now. Uh, if you get admitted, the first thing that's done, unbeknownst to you, is they run an asset search. Now, I ask, why are you doing this? Yeah. Well, we want to make sure you can pay the bill. You got my insurance cards. What's your <laughs> problem? Well, we just want to make sure... Um, hmm. um, and then you want to watch that sign-in. Uh, that admission form, because mm -hmm. if the word biologics appears on there anywhere, we don't vaccinate. 
Um, I won't allow, I have two of my granddaughters that I raised that didn't allow them to be vaccinated. I don't vaccinate. We don't get this crap. Other people do. And, um, but, uh, uh, the word biologics, they can administer anything, including vaccines. They can do experimental blood work with you. Um, there's any number of things that falls under this loose tag of biologics. Um, you want to cross that out, put your initials next to it, scribble that out. And then under your signature, write absolutely no vaccines under any circumstances. One of the things they're doing now is they come in in the middle of the night when you're in the hospital. They'll come in and tell your family member, visiting hours over, you need to leave now. You don't need to leave. You stay right there. And they can't make you leave. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you stay there because what they'll do, they're all hospitals. They're all using hospitalists who are contracted yes. doctors to that hospital. And so they will give orders, and then the nurses come in in the middle of the night with this big, long list of all these tests and blood panels that are going to be done and everything else, uh, just to check and make sure. No, you're not. No, you just put that down. Um, Well, the doctor ordered it. Well, I said no. And um, so, but you want to stay there with them because they'll come to do the damage in the middle of the night. And uh, that means the administration of vaccines, medications you you don't want or you don't want your loved one to have, uh, like opioids and things like that. So um, you want to stay with them all night long. But it has gotten to the point with these physicians that questioning them is for somehow is, you know, it's it's it shakes the cosmos. And so now you have to be punished because after all, you know, they're divine beings. And um, <laughs> so they they guardianize you, and uh, basically it's called medical kidnap, and they have the hospital, the attorney at the hospital guardianize you, and now your family can't see you, and you have no control over that child's care or your loved one's care. You can't know what's going on, right. what's being done to them, nothing. So, I mean, one of the things is if they are in the hospital, I mean, I always encourage people, family, someone to be there. And if you can't and if you don't live in the area, you know, I tell them, get a, you know, a a hospital sitter, someone to stay with your mom or dad. Yeah. So that they're not alone. Right. Um, And they have every right to be there. And uh, so you don't want them there alone because I say the dirty work is done in the dead of the night. Right. Sure. yeah, because when nobody's there to witness what was done. And then, of course, now they're um, looking to get rid of all the medical files prior to 2007. So oh this gosh. is going to get ugly. Oh, my gosh. Marty, yeah. um, how, uh, tell us about your radio show. How, how can people listen? And your website, how can people reach you? Okay, my, uh, my web page is uh, the PPJ Gazette. It's www. PP that's like pop pop jump go at dot me ppjg dot me and I have TS radio on blog talk and we've been there nine and a half years fantastic thank you so much for being a guest I mean and enlightening well, thank us thank you for having me I, I appreciate it thank you I, I hope you got something out of this episode I know I did I love getting your emails and questions so please keep sending them You can reach me at Diane at ParentsAreHardToRaise.org or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a CounterSync Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Will Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. 
And I have two favors to ask of you. Please show someone else how to find the show. And please, if you like the show, give us a five-star rating. That will help other people find our show as well. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. May you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week. Thank you.